stay here and keep out of trouble. Welcome to the Brick City Blockade Podcast. There's the blockade! Join Robin Vogt and Sean Michaud. The ability to destroy a planet is insignificant next to the power of the Force. As they break down that galaxy far, far away. Well, I'm sitting at a table here, and I see a bunch of guys around me. And Actually, I think, Robin, you're standing. I'm, well, yes, I'm standing. We got four people sitting. Mr. Brian Fontaine is standing. Welcome, guys. This is our first live roundtable in a while, and it's awesome because we have Jim here for it. Last time you heard him, he was live at the Fisher Cats game, and I think all of us was really the last time live that you heard us was at the Fisher Cats game, so welcome back to another live roundtable here from the Brick City Blockade Podcast Network, and we got some interesting stuff to talk about during our live roundtable. There was a little event that happened, and I, I shouldn't say a little event because many people came out, a lot of our podcasting friends flew out Steel Wars, uh, a lot of the other podcasters in the Star Wars universe flew out, and we've been able to follow them throughout the day. The event is called D23 in Anaheim, and I think the most appropriate thing is probably to go around and get our thoughts. I think we had a lot of expectations going to this. I think we have a lot of great stuff that we can break down with this. I'm going to start, I'm going to throw it right over to Jim. Your thoughts on D23 and everything, and I think we, we got some snippets of some stuff, it sounds like. Everybody start. Three, two, one. Action. I was looking forward to, we were kind of chatting uh, before the event today, and uh, I was thinking, really, I was hoping for, I should say, you're very distracting. <laughs> you're very distracting. And so, <laughs> just trying to get you to speak up, my friend. <laughs> so anyway, I was hoping for an actual uh, Last Jedi trailer, and so I was a little disappointed that that didn't come through. But uh, I will say, after seeing the behind the scenes, there's now a lot of disappointment there because uh, there is quite a bit of info that rolls through that behind the scenes uh, reel that they show. At me, story wise, I never could have imagined. And even though everybody knows that it's the second in a trilogy, it feels like its own thing. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Sean, I know you and I recently yeah. talked on our latest episode, episode 20 of The Home Show, Correct. about what was going on with The Last Jedi and maybe seeing some more stuff come around D23 here, right around the corner when we were watching the Home Run Derby, yeah. of course. And uh, I, I don't know, what, what do you think coming out of this now, after our conversation and everything? I don't know. The, the, of course, the last episode we talked about was D23, and we expected a Han Solo to come. We got nothing about Han Solo. We didn't get anything about other stuff, just The Last Jedi. Jedi. And I was kind of disappointing, but after watching the behind the trailer, behind the season, behind the trailer, was it was great just to see more The Last Jedi. I think that's what their Disney was marketing for. And I hope just for the future, I think they need to work on it more, especially with all these new, not new trailers or right, not, right. not new announcements for these upcoming movies or mm. not upcoming movies. I'm hoping it'll be a little shocking, but I'm hoping it'll feel real and honest. Interesting point, yeah. We didn't get a lot of Chris in terms of anything else new coming out. Um, a lot of the, some of the same stuff, but some new stuff buried within some of the old stuff, which is kind of cool. Yeah, they, they twisted things. They, uh, you know, they gave us a different perspective on, you know, maybe some stuff that they had already dropped before. But uh, with the sizzle reel, 
you know, I literally we brought, just watched just it. watched it. <laughs> I just watched it for the first time. Um, it was a lot. I mean, it was short, but it was kind of a lot to take in. Mm. A lot of small snippets of um, filming techniques, stunt techniques. Um, you know, actors, uh, little comments here or there. Uh, some visuals that you know are making me think. You know, they. Uh, lots of new aliens it looks like um, all sorts of different uh, different shooting techniques I saw I mean I think uh, between that and you know I wasn't really expecting much more than that right. honestly you know any new news um, I didn't think they were going to do any hot solo um, info just because of where they're at you know currently with the uh, you know with filming and that sort of thing so yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's just how, the, how, the, know, how everything I, fell into place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, Mr. James Brown, thank the you. voice of the the voice of the podcast. It's so awesome having him back here after the baseball game and everything. I know you've been a busy man yourself. You also have just witnessed what happened at D twenty three today as well. Thoughts on that? Because we all know the voice of the podcast is one of the most important voices to hear first. A voice. Um, <laughs> one of a collective. I, for one, am actually glad that we didn't get anything on the Han Solo movie. Um, reason being that Last Jedi is kind of taking up most of the focus right now, and I'm okay with that because it's huge. It's coming out, and they've been, they've been doing this thing where they're really good about not releasing any major spoilers about the movie so that when you actually go see the movie, you're not, you're not just like, oh, hey, I knew that was going to happen. Right. Um, I mean, it's kind of like, oh, holy crap, what just, what just happened? You know, my, my mind just kind of imploded. So um, aside from the whole Donnie Glover and Ron Howard thing for uh, the Han Solo movie, glad we didn't get anything else. But that, that sizzle reel, um, there's a lot of little implied hints as to what's going on. Um, there's nothing that you can draw any conclusions off of, at least in my mind, but... I think a few of the uh, few of the scenes that are going to open up a whole new world of speculation for us, and it's going to be some interesting. Star Wars teases very well, Mr. Fontaine, doesn't it? They do, and I think uh, we all thought we were going to get a new uh, movie announcement. Didn't happen. No. I honestly wasn't really surprised. Um, you know, it's it is Disney's venue. I mean, but Lucasfilm was really only one part of that. I mean, that, that panel, what did that span? About two hours? And they, they talked about, you know, all the other Disney property stuff that's coming up. Uh, Star Wars, it seemed like, what, probably got maybe 20 minutes? Yeah, just about, um, yeah, in terms of... You know, in a grand scheme of thing, I mean, they're not going to be at San Diego Comic-Con next week, so what we got with the sizzle reel, uh, Robin, you and I were talking earlier this evening about this sizzle reel actually almost mirrors up with what they did at San Diego Comic-Con uh, back in 2015 with kind of that behind-the-scenes uh, reel for The Force Awakens. And I, I happened to rewatch that again today just because I was curious. Again, they didn't really give away a whole lot, and it's just, it's just fun. You kind of see some new images and stuff. I, I want to kind of talk about what we did see and kind of go around the horn on, on that. But mm. not terribly upset that we didn't get a film. Um, I, I As much as I want to be positive, I, I know everybody wants the Obi-Wan film. Let let that one lie. I mean, we got a little bit of his story in, in Rubbles. That's just enough to whet the appetite for me. Keep it a mystery. You know, we're trying to, with the new canon timeline, It's we have a tendency to want to fill in every single mm. gap. But sometimes 
maybe there isn't really anything interesting and our imagination is more better than what they could come up with so right could have just been harmony on tattooing yeah yeah mm-hmm. i mean there's always the possibility that there is a story there and it's up to the fans to kind of formulate this on their on their own. It's kind of like, yeah, we're going to give you this kind of stuff in Rebels. We're going to give you it in a novel form. Maybe we don't see Obi-Wan in a film. Maybe we see a series of novels that breaks this down. And we have to audible him and we have to go to work listening to him every morning. And that's just the way we're going to get our Obi-Wan. You know, Disney yeah, has John so many Jackson movies. Miller to rewrite yeah. the Kenobi novel. <laughs> <laughs> the more I've thought about it, though, as far as not getting... I, I was hoping for that movie announcement. However, I'm not one of the people that would prefer to see an Obi-Wan film. I actually like to think that he spent most of his time on Tatooine. Um, that's kind of the way I've always envisioned it. Um, however, I, I was curious just to see where they will go with this third movie. Because you think of what we have for standalones now. We've seen Rogue One. For the most part, original characters, original storyline. I know it ties into A New Hope. But then we have Han Solo, so they're going back to the origins of one of the major characters. Are they going to go and give us something completely standalone? I mean, maybe a Knights of the Old Republic type thing. Something like that. (laughs) A new direction that will give us another part of the Star Wars universe without making us feel like we're attached. And even though everybody knows my feelings of the prequels, um, maybe even a standalone prequel story. Something set in that Clones. Clones. With no clones. Yes. Um, and, <laughs> set up, an all set Gungan movie. Down, you know? Really, it's where they're going. Under the sea, Gungan style. Under the sea. Is no, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that because I was listening to another podcast and they were joking that they should Disney should have hired Lord and Miller to do uh, a um, Jar Jar and Captain Tarple's buddy cop. Gungan movie, and that would have been better fitting for for them. Uh, <laughs> this conversation's going. This conversation's going I down. Still pay to see it, unfortunately. Yeah, you slap Star Wars on it, we'll go. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This is real. What is Robin? What did? You, what do you think about it? You know what? I I think overall, you know, and of recently with everything with the Han Solo film, I have been. I'm usually a very positive person. I was being a negative Nancy for a long time here. And I was looking at this stuff and I was like, oh boy, here comes the Disney machine. Here comes everything centered around the corporate mindset. But I think today eased my stresses on this a little bit. It's like, okay, let's bring it back. Let's get rid of the Han Solo talk. Let's get rid of all the stuff up in the ether, as Mr. Matthew McConaughey would say. And let's start going back to the roots, like Brian mentioned. Let's bring it back to that Force Awakens 2015 San Diego Comic-Con style that made fans get engaged back into the universe again. And I think this reel alone, it didn't do necessarily what I thought it was going to do. I think there are certain things like the guards I thought we were going to see. I thought a lot of reports, a lot of leaks about possibly a Snoke puppet was going to show up at times. We didn't get that, and I'm glad. Because it just focused on our main characters and reintroducing us to those characters as we move forward here. It did what it had to do. That was the most important thing. It did what it had to do. I think we all want a Porg. Yeah. <sighs> I want one of those wolves. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty cool. The, the crystalline <laughs> wolf thing. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. like something like, <laughs> like slow moves. Like the there was like that, the horse looking thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, that's the a moment conversation. Alone. I mean, yeah. the Canto Bites. Of, I don't know, Jim, you... 
you got all technical on us and you wrote down some uh, the <laughs> I, highlights. I, there were some things. No, I mean, I didn't. I, I wrote down things that caught my eye. Well, let's riff on those. He's, he's got almost a page of notes off of a two minute and 45 second video. I do. You get, I do. You get, the, time, you get the time frames, too. I do, just in case, you know, I didn't know who would be watching it or something like that. But I mean, I think the first image that actually grabbed me that I just found interesting was the image of Chewie camping underneath the Falcon. I mean, that was just. It, it was cool, but at the same time, sad. Because right. you, you can't help to think that there probably would have been two people underneath that ship um, if things had gone a little differently. I'm sorry to choke you. Is this the first time he's doing this without Han? Yeah. yeah. And, and but now he has Ray. He does. He does. Um, but it's it, not Han. No, it's not. It's, See, I think, it's, it's I think right before that, too, we all kind of talked about, too, where they act, the opening thing where you're seeing like all the, like the red clay or whatever, mm -hmm. it looks like it's probably that planet Crate. But if you look, there actually is a camera behind the person with a camera, so that almost makes me think that that's going to be the point of view of a character mm -hmm. or a, you know at a ship there. I mean, that if that's the type of cinematography that we're going to get with this film, it's like it, it's going to go where a little bit where Rogue One went, yeah. but I think even better, mm -hmm. where it was kind of just a different, a lot of different angles and stuff that we haven't seen, and, and I think you know it's been much talked about. You know, with Ryan Johnson, he's kind of bringing something new to Star Wars and I think even you know John Boyega actually had mentioned it is like you know he made it made it fresh again and that, that part was pretty cool yeah Adam Drivers talked about some of that as well you know uh, making you know using um, you know what Star Wars is known for the different elements that you know it's brought into uh, the story and that sort of thing but twisting things and, and making it you know, just slightly different, which makes me think, you know, that they're going to they're going to go places that we never thought they would go. I don't know if it's with the force or with the story or with a character, but it's pretty interesting. You know, these little tidbits that some of the actors are dropping. And that's what Mark Hamill said as well. He didn't expect what's what's going to come when you read the storyline. And I, that's what I'm excited about. His because he's been in enough a long time than most of them and. So I'm excited to see what he, what the, how this new movie's going to play out. That that takes a lot. I mean, somebody who is as experienced as he is, not just with Star Wars, but with voice acting, who's worked with many different kind of directors and producers, for him to even say that, yeah, this is going a real different direction. Ryan Johnson is doing something unique with this. He's going to really take the Star Wars universe and show us something different. That's really promising because that's what fans have been looking for ever since Disney took this on. Are they going to bring in new, new style directors and are we going to see a different side to the universe? And I think where it is familiar, we are going to start seeing, yeah, practical effects. We saw that throughout this teaser, this sizzle reel, if you want to call it that. Obviously, the porgs are obviously some kind of robotic practical effect, but the animals and some of these other things, the Canto Bite uh, casino scene, a lot of practical effects, which I think all of us thrived on through Force Awakens. Especially right after the Vanity Fair photos, it helped us imaginate more what's yeah. gonna be what's gonna be like for this movie. What else you got there, Jim? Uh, well, I just. It, I wasn't sure there was, and this isn't really a major point, but uh, just a few seconds after that Chewie under the Falcon scene, 
Finn is in the scene, and oddly enough, he looks like he's in a pilot outfit, mm. which was surprising to me. If you look at it, he almost looks like he's wearing like an X-wing uh, vest yep. type deal, which I thought was just a little different. I don't know if he's out there actually piloting a ship or not, but that's not something we've actually seen him do. Um, shortly after that, about five seconds after uh, we see Finn, we see Leia on this deserted landscape. Robin, you and I were talking about mm. this, and you thought maybe there was ocean in the background. I kind of slowed it down. I didn't see ocean when I looked at it, but now I want to take another look, make sure <laughs> I didn't miss something. But I was almost wondering if it felt like um, a daytime scene of uh, wherever Luke's school was, where Kylo mm. Ren and the Knights of Ren kind of uh, take everybody out. It felt like we were seeing that type of landscape, but in the daytime. So I, it almost made me wonder, is this some type of flashback of right. Leia going to see what her son had done at wow. Luke's school? Kind of would be an interesting yeah. scene, yeah, wouldn't it? There'd be a hell of a lot of emotion there. Um, so in uh, an odd footnote, Kylo Ren gets his mask back. I mean, I was kind of wondering, everything we've seen before then for The Last Jedi, he's unmasked, isn't he? Right. And there was even a scene where there's three helmets on the, that they're obviously using, and one of them was badly damaged. Um, so, How long is he going to put it on, though? <laughs> I know. I, I was kind of surprised, actually. I always wanted, wanted one of the other stormtroopers pick it up for him after he left the uh, Starkiller. <laughs> you dropped something. I mean, yeah, hey, buddy, you, drop you know, one thing I noticed about, because uh, I don't think he's going to have a huge costume change, but, um, you know, he it almost looked like he had in The Force Awakens, he had, like, his Jedi robe that he had, like, oh. tathered and stuff like that. Um, a lot of the action figures... Um, really kind of highlighted that a lot, but he actually looked like he had a tr more of a you know traditional cape. That was one thing that kind of stuck out to me. He's trying to be a little bit more like Granddad, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. And uh, about a minute in, we see stormtroopers with a new type of weapon. Yes. If you guys caught that, this like extending claw can opener thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> basically, it's the claw. Um, but that, I thought that was kind of cool. And it does tie in to later on. There's both a scene I have it written down where it's um, like two minutes in. Kylo Ren is, or you see Adam Driver doing a practice fight against two people, and they each have staffs. I'm trying to figure out. You know, you would almost expect somebody. It wasn't lightsabers. You know, they weren't yeah. dual. You know, dual was doing something. Uh, Daisy Ridley was doing the same thing. And then later on, Daisy Ridley was against three people, and mm -hmm. they had staffs. Yeah. So it just makes me mm -hmm. think that maybe their those weapons are used to get, can somehow be used against the lightsaber. Knights of Ren. Yeah. Anyone? Or the Knights of Ren. Cortosa's yeah. sword's coming back, maybe. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there was... Vi a, vibroblades. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, it was funny, because over the past week, I've been reading curiously, because we always talk about prequels, and Brian and I, in a future episode of The Cantina, are going to talk about the prequel Strike Back uh, documentary, where the person that made that movie talks about... I saw the prequels as a kid, and then as I grew older, I found out that it wasn't cool to like the prequels anymore, In almost this evolution of the way people think about those movies. Um, I've kind of started seeing that with The Force Awakens. I don't know if everybody else has seen that when you're on Reddit or anything else, any type of message board. It seems like people are more and more criticizing The Force Awakens' flaws of just yeah. being too much like the originals, and all of a sudden it's starting to teeter on it's not really that good of a movie. And it's very odd to feel that sentiment coming out. Um, but one of the complaints that I saw, and I had never thought of this, and I got to actually agree with it, is there wasn't a lot of original um, vehicles or starships in The Force Awakens. When you really think about it, the, the prequels had a lot of original vehicles and great ones too, like the Naboo Starfighter. Mm -hmm. And then Star Wars, from movie to movie, 
uh, the original trilogy, you always had a different vehicle from X-Wings and Y-Wings, and then you got the AT-ATs and the AT-STs, all the way down to the B-Wings and A-Wings and Return of the Jedi. So there's always a different ship. When you think of The Force Awakens, how much is there? Well, they, mo- they modified the X-Wing. They, they, they modified they the TIE Fighter. They didn't vehicles either. No, and you get like the ship that uh, Leia shows up in. The Rebel Transport. It's, yeah, it's, it's a block with something that opens. Right. And, you know, it's n- the, what they do but, give you isn't interesting. But you like, also got Kylo Ren's ship, which was kind of cool looking. But also, but also akin to Imperial, Imperial shuttles. shuttles. Yeah, and, you know, uh, so like a, I will. End but I, I think in what we've seen in the first trailer and some of the tidbits here, I think we're going to get some pretty cool shit. I know we we kind of talked we kind of speculated a little bit um, where they they show one of the um, resistance fighters and they're kind of in that that almost like a, a World War II kind of cockpit with a we you know with a der- the like double a gunner bubble, gunner bubble basically yeah. and I mean to me that's awesome I mean if they yep. have some kind of a ship that does, like that hasn't been in Star Wars since and, <clears throat> the prequels yeah and that's <laughs> that's where I was going actually a little bit was this it kind of felt like there was more new material in this and yep. I don't know if they're making a point of it because maybe and I sell more toys yeah absolutely right. yeah well, absolutely from sorry to interrupt but from what I understand there was a, a number of scenes in Force Awakens that involved other vehicles but they cut them out the snow speeder snow yes, speeder yeah. there was supposed to be another um land speeder uh there was supposed to be a oh, jacu yeah, scene um, with poe you with, actually yeah. see him get but they wanted to, to be like a mystery that he may get not yeah exactly you know so maybe there was other things but they just didn't fit into the main story and yeah you know it just unfortunately got cut out but the funny thing is with all the uh with all the books because i was up at barnes and noble the other day and when i was up there i was looking at the you know the new visual guides and cross sections and all that fun stuff that they had just had come out and um, they have all of those vehicles in the books. And then um, I also picked up the Lego Star Wars <laughs> Xbox One game for Force Awakens, which, stellar game. <laughs> <laughs> However, they also have the entire scene that was cut from the movie where Poe is escaping Jakku. Oh, huh. that's right. Into the game. So nice. That leads me to believe that it was kind of like a later cut after it started already making the merchandise and the books and all that and they were just like ah screw it we're not going to recall it people knew this was going to happen yep so well and I think this trailer one of the thing, one of the ships that I saw that caught my eye was I think it's Hawks from what I saw is pulling up in this very cool looking not chrome but it's like a duller nickel finish uh, land speeder that just looks like a 1930s or early 40s Nazi-esque thing, which fits right in with the First Order and Empire <laughs> theme. But it looks um, almost just dystopian future Nazi-esque, I would say. And it, it, it was very cool. You only see it for a couple of seconds. But the one I, I, the thing that I caught through the uh, sizzle reel or behind the scenes, whatever you want to refer to it as, was um, Ray at one point, she's practicing a fight. And uh, there's a guy, obviously somebody training her, uh, helping her out, somebody, uh, a part of the crew. And she's using her staff. She doesn't have her lightsaber. And it made me think, why is she using her staff again? And Hmm. it makes me wonder, my big thing is, I've waited a long time for another movie that has Luke Skywalker in it with a speaking line. Um, (laughs) And I really hope he gets off that island in this movie and we see him do something. Um, And so it made me wonder if maybe Luke is the one that has the lightsaber at that point. 
and she goes back to maybe not just using the staff, but maybe a little bit of double-bladed lightsaber comes in at some point for Ray. I mean, it's obviously the natural evolution. Maybe she's just not ready for the lightsaber again, and she's okay. going back. Maybe to she stuff. kills one of the uh, animals on the island, and Luke says, "All right, give me back the saber." <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, maybe she killed one of the knights. She Ray, that's poor. <laughs> she can't have nice things. No, no, obviously. Or he decides to take his lightsaber back and say, "You haven't built your own yet. You're not worthy. Build your own, yeah. and then you can use one." Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's go find a kyber crystal. But she goes back to I using want that staff. green one. Yeah, yeah. I know there's a bunch of. Uh, I think it's Steel Saunders. Is kind of like he has that tagline, "Ignite the green." <laughs> I really want to see that green lightsaber again. I prefer the green lightsaber to his, the other Skywalker lightsaber. I, I think they're basically calling it Ray's lightsaber now at this point, but. Um, That's still a Skywalker lightsaber. That was Anakin's original. Well, I can't disagree with you there, but some people, that's why we have our theories. That's right. You bring up an interesting point, Jim, and I, and I hadn't thought about it until this point right now, is that, and we, we I guess we kind of teased it right here, it's like, you know, maybe she's not ready to handle that lightsaber. And that would make sense because I feel like there is going to be a tie-in in terms of how Luke is going to teach Rey. It's going to be like an Obi-Wan slash Qui-Gon Jinn mentality. If you can't handle the saber yet, learn to handle something that doesn't have force powers. Learn to some, you know, the staff and whatever else. Because until you can master that, the most simple of tools, can you switch over to the lightsaber and learn how to master that? And again, of course, in the original trailer that we got, Luke said the Jedi must end. Is that going to play into his tactics until into how he teaches Rey? to become not necessarily a Jedi, but a force user, not using a traditional lightsaber, but through the use of a staff. I don't know, but that would be an interesting twist yeah. in this film that yeah. would make sense with how Ryan Johnson wants to take this and what we've seen today. That'd be a cool take And also to go. With, uh, with Donnie Yen in Rogue One and how he conducted his combat, because if he was at one point mm -hmm. a Jedi, obviously there's not a lightsaber anymore. Right. It's a staff. Yeah, I thought the I thought the pretty much my my speculation going into this thing is we were going to get a sizzle reel, no other movie announcements. To me, the sizzle reel met my expectations um, because that's what I expected. You know, I knew it'll be interesting afterwards because obviously you had to be at D twenty three. I mean, that's the you know it's the Disney. Um, conference that they do it's every two years you know it's tailored to you know disney pass holders and all that other stuff and like robin you said um uh, alan voivod's over there star wars 7 by 7 uh some others and you know they got some firsthand uh experiences i'm sure they'll be podcasting about it but i hope we do get some video of the panel because it does sound pretty cool and you know obviously huge mark hamill fan and you know he came out there and it was just I'd like to see the visuals of what we heard about. Absolutely. Gary. Gary Fisher, what are you going to say? I didn't say anything. Gary oh, Fisher. No. <laughs> are they going to kill off Princess Leia in this movie, or are we going to have to have a CGI Leia in the third one? I'd actually be fine with another actor. I know we've talked no, about this a few times, yeah. I would be okay with it. I, I just feel like uh, I, I, I love the CGI in Rogue One for Tarkin and for Leia, younger Leia. Um, but I'm not sold on it being... It, actually, the main reason I say that is there was something I was reading a few weeks back where it was Carrie Fisher talking about how Han Solo got his movie. Now Luke is getting his movie. I want to be more involved. 
in the third one was essentially the gist of what we were saying. And she was saying that she was pretty much told, yeah, you know, you can be more involved in this one. And mm -hmm. my feeling is if she's going to have a smaller part in it, then I guess I'm fine with the CGI. Because if, if you make it a, a constant character in the movie, like if Tarkin was all over the place in Rogue One, I felt like it would have been distracting for the CGI. Um, but if it's a, a bit part here and there, I, I'd be okay with CGI. But otherwise, I'd rather just see another actor. I don't envy Colin Trevorrow right now. Mm -hmm. No, because no. he's pretty much had to rewrite his entire movie, it sounds like. Yeah. You know? Or at least majority of it he had to almost go back to the drawing board yeah it's just he spent all however many years when was he announced as a, it was like in 2015 I think 15 yeah. yeah right around the time Force Awakens yeah and all these you know two years working on a story and then because they're gonna start filming that I think in January or February yep January mm -hmm. I believe so yeah, good stuff. I mean, more to come, right? Yeah, tons and tons and tons of tons and tons of stuff coming here <laughs> from the Brick City Blockade Podcast Network with everything happening in Galaxy Far, Far Away. I think it's, for sure. I think it's not a plug time. I think it's cake time. Cake time! Cake time. Cake time. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No singing. No singing. No, absolutely no. No. <gasps> ha no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a